0: You're listening to Her Body on Body.io FM, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance with your host, Alex Navarro. Welcome everybody to another episode of Her Body brought to you by Body.io FM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro. And I have uh, Kiefer here joining me again today.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Thanks for chatting it up today.
1: Oh, I always appreciate the invite.
0: Good, <laughs> especially on a today's hot topic, which I know that you're you're particularly excited about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of along for the ride today. I think.
0: <laughs> kind of quartering him on this one, so uh, it should be, you know, entertaining but educational because you have a lot of things to share that I don't know about. So. It's part of the reasons I wanted you to join me today.
1: Yeah. And the topic is, drum roll.
0: Pregnancy. (laughs) Yay. Uh, For those of you who, you know, haven't followed me on social media or who aren't on the Body.io Facebook page, which if you aren't, I strongly encourage you to... Jump over there from yeah. time to time.
1: Yeah, what's wrong with you if you're not on there? <laughs> it's where all the updates come from, it's pretty true. much. It's yeah. true.
0: Uh, but I did recently share uh, that I am pregnant, uh, coming up on uh, week 18 now, which uh, I know it's crazy to think that it's actually been that long. Yeah. But it's uh, it's actually flown by, and it's been far, far smoother and, and manageable than I ever could have imagined. Well, Thank
1: God. Yeah, it's good to know. <laughs> huh. I mean, I'm glad I'll never be on either end of that.
0: <laughs> it's true. Well, it's hard too when you start. You know, I knew I wanted to, and, and reading about things, and I'm on, you know, I'm in some of the, the pregnancy forums, and I have I'm on a few apps so I can track track all the things <laughs> like I do normally. Uh, but it's it's hard not to read what some of these women go through or experience, and you know, I kind of have worst case scenario in my head of like, oh, I'm anticipating this happening or this happening and and really like nothing's really happened.
1: Well, I think you're so far outside of the (laughs) worst case scenario.
0: (laughs) I'd rather be fully prepared and not have any surprises. Yeah. And then, you know, be pleasantly surprised when I don't have to deal with those things. Uh, So I I do want to start off by saying, you know, I knew that it is something that I wanted to do and I did go through... You know, some steps and prep work to make sure that you know the process of, of trying to make it happen worked out well or, or as smooth as possible. Um, but also, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird when I say it like that. Oh, well, I, uh, yeah, it's
1: just all the all the connotations in this one. <laughs> you know, I had to make sure that all the all the attempts were successful. Yes.
0: Well, that my body was prepared to do that. Uh, (laughs) So I did, you know, I've tracked my cycle for a very long time now. So that was an easy thing to continue to track and just start to look at in terms of, you know, the regularity of it, uh, when ovulation might happen. And I also went and got blood work done. I wanted to get a nice, you know, thyroid panel uh, just to see where I was at, get a nice baseline before, make sure that, you know, my body was ready to, to take that on in, in hopefully the easiest way possible. Yeah.
1: So Cortisol, did you get a cortisol panel? I did, yes. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one's important because that, the, if your cortisol levels are too high, it can oversaturate the enzymes that break it down and that can actually affect the fetus. It's some of the things they talk about when they talk about, you know, the famine, the... The famines that, you know, if the parents go through famine when they have kids Mm. and then the kids have some sort of uh, derangement when they have a normal food environment later.
0: I can't remember the two main
1: populations. It's usually because the mother has such a high stress load during that that it oversaturates and it can actually cause some epigenetic changes in in the fetus. So it's good. And then there's other things that can break that down, like licorice. I think I told you about that. Like black licorice. Can break break down those enzymes too, so you don't you don't want to be chewing on the black licorice <laughs> when you're pregnant.
0: Good thing I hate it. It's probably one of the few things that I uh, would yeah, it's not choose to put in my mouth. I don't ever. even know how that became a thing ever. I don't know. My grandpa's like up. It's like his thing. If Ooh. you bring him a bat box of that, he's uh, over
1: the moon happy. Well, good thing he won't be pregnant. That's anytime true.
0: That's true. <laughs> so. You know, I did make sure that all the, all the prep work was, was in place, just like I would for, you know, trading for an event, pretty much, because this is, like, the biggest event.
1: Well, yeah. The biggest I mean, event that a, I've come across yet. It's a How big, about that? yeah, I was going to say, the, <laughs> the biggest event will be raising it. That is true, that is that's, true. It's like so an 18-year event. <laughs> that's
0: thus far. And the biggest event that my body will go through yeah. um, up until this point. So I wanted to make sure that everything was in place, and I limited as many surprises as possible. And uh, luckily enough, things worked out smoothly. It was very easy. and uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know it's
0: hard not to talk about it and, and... Uh, yeah, just not commenting. <laughs> totally fine. I'm glad thank you. I'm just gonna move on. Um, so, you know, going into want to talk a little bit about going into the, the the first trimester and what that was like, and again, trying to not read too many of the horror stories horror stories but a lot of the you know the common things like morning sickness and
1: right well what about just things like that maybe touch on your you said you did a lot of you wanted to make sure you were ready and you did the blood work you know what else what else was it that you you did to prep like physically dietary wise i mean was there anything specific where you kind of um
0: well i did start taking uh, prenatal vi- vitamins about 2 months prior to trying i figured why not um yeah. up to my folic acid intake uh, my food's always very clean, so it's not like I really had to clean a lot up there. Um, you know, I had been told or read at least, and it's hard when you're reading too many things. It's almost worse than not reading enough sometimes because, you know, they say if you're too lean, you might have a hard time. And, right. you know, I was at the time very lean, uh, so I was, wasn't was sure if that was going to play a role. But in getting my labs, I I saw that everything was perfectly normal and again my cycle was very normal and consistent it always has been so i knew that that wasn't going to be an issue um but beyond other food intake i kept it pretty much the same
1: well look at madonna the lean thing remember she was scary lean when she she was scary lean (laughs) and she gained what like i mean she gained the right amount i think you're supposed to gain up to 25 like 25 is a good right like two and a half times the weight of the the baby basically so if you have a 10 pound kid you should gain about 25 yeah 25 pounds and i mm-hmm. think that's she was right at that yeah and she didn't have any issues right. I, I think that yeah the too lean thing would be like anorexic you right. know version or vegan it's not it's not too lean it's not having enough muscle mass which right usually only see in compromised populations these days like vegans or Mm -hmm. somebody who's possibly anorexic or a a marathon runner who's very emaciated Mm -hmm. and those are all scenarios that the person's lean but that's just like correlated that's not really what's causing the issue that's
0: true in a lot of those cases too, those a lot of those women don't have a normal cycle
1: yeah. Right. So that would be. And their diet, you know, their yeah. diet already can't handle their own bodies, let alone a new one. Yeah.
0: So just along the food didn't really change much, make sure that all of the essentials were were present. But again, that wasn't too far off of my norm. So, yeah, you know, I take my fish oil. I eat healthy. Iron, iron levels. Iron levels were good, actually. Yeah. Oh, um, and- down later on. And I'll talk about this sort of Towards the end of my first trimester had more blood work done and uh, my iron levels were on the lower side but still within the range. And that's actually very common for me. I grew up very anemic most of the most of my childhood.
1: Uh, so noticing that in a lot of females yeah. on night, actually, their iron levels are low and yet they show no symptoms whatsoever right? of, mm-hmm. of anemia or anything. So I'm kind of curious if yeah, yeah how, right. what, what the appropriate numbers are. In different dieting contexts. Well, that's
0: what's even my doctor saying that you know, and and what I love about my doctor is that she's very open-minded to how I eat and my exercise routine and and all of that. So she didn't discourage me to stop doing any of that, which was great.
1: So how did you find? Uh, just talk about that for a second yeah. because it's actually really difficult.
0: Oh my gosh, it's to difficult to find a
1: doctor <laughs> like that. I know you know there's Rocky, but. Right. He works in a scenario where there's 12 doctors and he's the only one right. who understands the lifestyle and the exercise and stuff like that in mm-hmm. his in his area. Yeah. Um so I
0: imagine. actually she was a referral, so she was recommended to me and I trust the people who give me recommendations on, along those lines. So I figured she was worth trying out. And that was the thing. I also went open-minded into it thinking, okay, I'll, I'll see how things go. If she's receptive to you know, what yeah. I'm going to share, then we'll continue on. And if not, then I'll find somebody else. So I did do some research right. along those lines. Uh, luckily, my primary care physician, because I have Kaiser. Mm. So my, I have my primary care physician. Now she's my, my prenatal OBGYN. Uh, so a little different. But both of them were very open to what... I had to say, like how I lived and my lifestyle and how I ate and everything, that's luckily.
1: Good. I think that's mm-hmm. – I don't think people put a lot of stock in having – in under, ne, realizing you need a doctor who understands what you're doing in the first place yeah. because Be- – it, it makes
0: a huge difference. Yeah, I think
1: we'll talk about this in a minute, but you're already having a little bit of a conflict yes. with some of the blood work, and yes. I'm sure you'll, you'll mm-hmm. touch on that. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it helps, too, that I go into the appointments with them being very clear and open and direct about this is what I'm doing and I don't plan to change it. I just want you to know. Right. Rather than asking. Right. Because they could share their opinion, but that doesn't mean I'm going to listen to it. So me going in feeling very confident in what I'm doing and clear, you know, I'm I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing's at risk. Uh, I think that makes them more receptive to hearing what I have to say and being open to my approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's tricky because in general, you probably know things that your doctors don't. Yeah. So, so it's tricky. And I'm definitely not saying don't take your don't listen to your doctor, but you do need to temper it with
0: mm-hmm.
1: with what you are what you confidently know. It's your body.
0: Right. Yep. And I go in confident about I know how I feel. <laughs> you've been doing this a long time
1: too.
0: I'm the only one that knows my body this well, so uh, I think I could, you know, give 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 you enough feedback as to mm, I don't know if that's a good idea or things like that. So having her sort of on my team, which is kind of how I'm I'm viewing this whole process, is like building my my dream team of you know specialists and <laughs> support system around me, uh, who's you know has all of their things that they can offer their expertise, but that still allows me to have have the most control over the choices that I make around it and things like that.
1: I, I think so. that it's a really good point because if you're going to train for the Olympics, which is high level mm-hmm. physical stress, you want the dream team. Yep. And we talked about, you know, when I was trying to do crazy stuff, you know, I worked with Monty for my body work to make sure everything was balanced. And who I, found, I saw last week. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I found a chiropractor who understood mm-hmm. what I was doing and worked with them regularly. Yeah. And then, my, you know, all of those things, mm-hmm. um, uh, muscle activation therapist, because yep. stuff wasn't firing correctly. You would do the same thing. It, it's funny to me that people would think about that right. if they're going to do a high level physical event. But for pregnancy, it's just, ah, uh, you know, I'll just go to the doctor and, yeah, you know, right. do whatever. Or, or sometimes they go off the rails. It's That's like, well, oh, I'm true. pregnant. I can do – I need to just do whatever and not worry about stuff.
0: Which I've been told by other women who have recently been pregnant. They're like, use this opportunity. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, this is
1: your That's... prime time to eat for 12.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I could easily, but I could have done that before. Well, I gonna and say I chose should... not
1: to. <laughs> you are you were already eating for two or three people anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, So just one more, since we're just talking about the dream team, I will say that early on, probably about eight weeks into it, I had been following a prenatal core activation specialist uh, online for a long time. She was actually a friend of a friend for years. And so very interesting stuff. I'm actually going to invite her to be on the show pretty soon uh, because her knowledge is is quite – Thorough. What I'm trying to think of. I was about to say in depth, but that's not the right word. She's got a lot of knowledge on the topic, both pre and postnatal as well. Um, but in terms of prepping for labor, which I liked. Again, it's like okay, you're training your body to go do this intense, the most intense activity that your body's probably ever done. I'd rather it be prepared to do the work. So right. I saw, I sought her out, did a consultation with her. And that was also a good confirmation for me as to I want to be able to do as many exercises and activities that I did before. I want to keep that up for as long as possible, but in the most safe and effective way I can. I want to hurt myself or you know risk having the uh, what is it the rectus? I always forget what it's called the muscle separation.
1: Oh yeah,
0: that you most women get. You're, you'll probably get it to some extent, but. The extent of that can vary depending on how you activate your core throughout pregnancy yeah. and afterwards. Or so. even a
1: full-blown hernia. We, I have
0: a friend who had that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had really? a Holly
1: Talbot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember yeah, her. Yeah, I do remember her. How- she started competing again, but with her second pregnancy, she had a hernia. Oh, wow. Yeah, that caused her problems. She, After, I think, her first show or second show, she mm-hmm. had it fixed. Mm-hmm. She had it. Oh yeah. Stapled up, but wow. it's still, you know, something she has to be careful with. She she just did a photo shoot for Oh good job. Muscle and fitness hers. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, so she's you know mm-hmm. and she had a third kid. Holy moly. Yeah, I forgot about that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So she <laughs> just <popped> him out. <laughs> oh yeah. <She's... laughs>
0: but you know, so I, I sought out the this core specialist and, and did a little bit of work with her. She taught me some great great tools to just keep in keep in touch, essentially, with my deep core muscles. And le- that ended up being the determining factor of can I do said exercise. So if I can keep that core engagement, I can do any exercise I want, I, which I has been interesting.
1: Yeah, and imagine there's some, maybe some stretching or, well, relaxation technique? Yes. Because you don't want your abdominal wall to be too rigid. That yeah,
0: she hurt. actually said, because I have the the tendency just from, you know, all the gymnastics years and competing and everything, that I'll naturally just engage my core all the time. Right. It's just how I, how I do it. And she says, I need to have a certain amount of time every day where I completely relax it and let it just hang out, which is a weird concept for me. Yeah, that sounds hot. To think about... <laughs> It does feel really – I mean it's mostly by the end of the day, a few meals in. The stomach's definitely bigger than it was earlier yeah. in the day.
1: <laughs> you can throw on the sweats, a.k.a. I've given up on life pants. And you just let it all hang out.
0: Yeah, luckily I'm still in all of my same clothes. Oh, that's good. Just I wear a lot of leggings anyway, so they're stretchy. So it makes it easy. Yeah, and I am I might post some pictures along with the kind of – I've been tracking everything up until now, and it's it's really not that much bigger at this point.
1: Yet. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still still room to grow, obviously. I have no idea when that stuff's supposed to start. <laughs> well,
0: everybody's or... so different and that's that's the hard part is yeah. I've I've seen people who when I told them I was four months, they were like, I'm I I was I look like I had twins by the time I was four months. Yeah. And it kinda looks like I just ate a really big sandwich at this point, sometimes. <laughs> but then the other day I was like, Where'd it go? <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs>
1: I was going to say something, but I forgot.
0: About the the size?
1: Yeah, it had something to do with that. Yeah. Oh, well, part of that might be if the early on they look like they had a lot of girth. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're... You've been in a paradigm for a long time, dietary-wise, where your hunger is going to be directly related to your physical needs. Yep. And you've carved out those physical needs specifically so your hunger is highly regulated so it's going to work the same way when you're pregnant your your body's only going to have the hunger necessary to sustain all the growth that you're mm-hmm. you're trying to go after most people won't experience that because of the way they've dieted or because of their diet previously mm-hmm. and then the way they start to eat during it completely countermands the regulatory hunger signals so you know you can blow up really fast oh uh, yeah I've definitely you know, seen that happen. There, um, It'd be interesting to see what the average weight gain is during pregnancy in the U.S.
0: It's definitely not the recommended amount.
1: I bet it's 50 pounds.
0: Yeah. From from the experience of working with enough women yeah, who that's, went through that, that seems to be pretty average.
1: Yeah. From the people I know. Yeah.
0: I can't imagine getting 50 pounds on my frame.
1: No. I it would, would be so uncomfortable. Well, then trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Because most of that is not mass that has anything to do right. with <laughs> it's the <true>. baby. <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, that's a good segue into, you know, any, the sort of how I approached food at the beginning. So I will say I, and everyone's probably going to hate me for this, but it's been very easy and smooth. Like, surprisingly, I'm I'm excited by the fact that it's actually been as smooth as it has been. Mean, I,
1: no weird cravings or anything?
0: no. There was there was a few there was like a week or two early on probably around eight nine weeks where mm. I really wanted salty meat. Huh. So there's like a little diner nearby that has these sausages, and I just I would wake up and be like, I'm gonna go get some sausages.
1: <laughs> kind of makes sense. You need a mm-hmm. lot of protein and fat for the fetus, yep. and then electrolytes basically.
0: Yep. My thirst was intense. That was mm-hmm. that's one thing I I could didn't feel like I could drink enough water.
1: Well, yeah, and you already had. <laughs> a nano bladder before this. Yeah. Man, road trips with Alex were horrible. And <laughs> I now pee a she, lot. I already I did
0: before, and now it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, she I com- feel like
0: I want one of those little counters on the toilet to see how many times I go in <laughs> oh my there
1: God. a day. Yeah, like a little, you can get a little clicker on the door to see how often you go in and <laughs> yep, out.
0: Yep, 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 just to see. <laughs> it's adding into my total steps for the day because <laughs> I'm going back and forth to the bathroom a million times. Um and planning out any you know outings because I'm like well is there going to be a bathroom nearby? Yeah, because I'm going to st- have to go pee. And it's it that happened immediately. What that was right away. Right away. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you judge that? I mean, you already you.
0: Well, it seems normal. A small I, small I know,
1: bladder to begin with. I mean, I don't know if your bladder is small, but you seem to have to. Yeah, empty it a lot Yeah, regardless so how do you even it, was it just maybe the excess water yeah I think so and maybe the salt too yeah
0: very likely mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I there were a few days where I, I wanted uh, like a tangerine I wanted some citrus uh, and that was but that literally lasted a few days which mm-hmm. was terrible because I bought like a huge bag of those cuties those little mm-hmm. tangerines yeah. and and then I was like over it in like three days <laughs>
1: I wonder if that has something to do with your stomach's being shifted around so your digestion would be off, which mm-hmm. you, sometimes when that happens, you want acid because oh, okay. acid helps mm-hmm. to keep that little... Yeah, I
0: want it like really tart.
1: Yeah, it keeps that little valve above your stomach closed. Oh. So most people, when they have acid reflux, they don't realize they take Tums or something like that because they think they have well, too yeah, much acid. Well, yeah, I used
0: to do the vinegar trick.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's not actually that you have too much acid. It's mm-hmm. too little, and that little flap above your stomach your stomach that valve won't close so if you drink vinegar it'll It'll close close the valve Mm. and your body sensing that kind of disruption Mm -hmm. might have might have just you know yeah craved that Mm
0: -hmm. Um, which I mean you talked about digestion so one of the things I was the most actually which is funny the most worried about is constipation because that was, like, the one of the, the top things that, like, this is going to happen. Things are going to slow down because things are moving. Right. And nothing. Well, I am totally normal.
1: If you ever look at the drawings, like, the cutaways of the female body. As oh, it's the, crazy. Man, it push it. Everything is in weird places. Yeah, I don't even know how organs function when they're under Agreed. that kind of pressure.
0: Agreed. I mean, they're all over the place and, like, smashed. Yeah which makes sense that things would slow down.
1: The actually but. the the constipation thing doesn't surprise me that you didn't experience that. Cuz most of those issues again mm-hmm. are, you know, carbohydrate related. If you're not eating carbs, you you have some pretty good right pass through qualities. Yep.
0: Well, I kept up with my normal. You know, I take the triple organic fiber still mm-hmm. a few times a week at least, just because I like it in my shakes. And Are you
1: still taking the Gut Shield? Yes, through your pregnancy.
0: And actually, I had just started Gut Shield about a month prior to conceiving because that's when it came out, and probably. I started using it.
1: Yeah, so probably. Could have made I, this is not a plug for the supplement. I'm just saying, you know, anything that can lower your your stress load, your cortisol load, which. Mm-hmm you know, gut shield was specifically designed for, but other things for some people meditation yeah works really well to lower that kind of stuff. All of that That would be extremely good prep depending on Mm -hmm. well where you feel stress wise. Right.
0: Which I have I feel like I've managed pretty well in general. So yes, happy about that. Happy about not getting sick at all. No morning sickness. None. There was one morning when I was like, ooh, it might be happening and then it passed within three minutes. I was like, oh, just kidding. Kept waiting for it to happen, and then mm-hmm. it never did. And as of now, I there hasn't been no food aversions. Nothing has made me feel like I That's, that didn't want
1: to eat or throw up. That one seems kind of hit or miss. I mean, I, yeah. a lot of friends and you know, couples that I know, when they become pregnant, like, it just seems hit or miss if they're going to get morning sickness yeah. or not. Yeah. And it seems like if they're on – carb night or a ketogenic diet or or what they think of it's well we'll just got to remember to say ultra low carb since right. ketogenic diets probably don't exist for most people it's um, true <laughs> you know they're ultra low carb those are the ones where they just i really haven't heard anybody that i know who's on carb mm-hmm. night say they had morning sickness Yep.
0: nothing which i was very thankful for because i really don't like throwing up i just had this conversation really don't
1: like with, it with somebody else
0: Like, I'd I'd rather be physically uncomfortable than throw up.
1: (laughs) I've I've learned sometimes it's not a bad idea. (laughs) To throw up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've had some – I remember one time I had some bad food, and my friend was throwing up from it. And you just wanted to get it out? (laughs) Well, in my mind, I was like, well, they're just sick, and them getting sick is making me feel sick, and I'm not really sick. So I held it down. She was fine, so she threw up that night. She was fine the next day. I was sick for four days. Oh no! Yeah, and then of course it had major consequences on the rest of my right. I'm I sure. just I should have, yeah, purged. Oh jeez. Yeah, so now I'm I'm less. I get that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm less. I'm mean, it doesn't come up very often, but I'm less adverse. Yeah, to this <laughs> just get it out. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's so weird. I just had this conversation literally That's yesterday. That's funny. Yeah.
0: It's a weird conversation to have.
1: Yeah. Well, because if <laughs> I need to, I can just focus and make myself throw up. I don't have to do the finger thing. Oh, see. I've daggers. tried
0: making myself throw up like in times where I mm-hmm.
1: kind of similar. like. Yeah, it's crazy. Just yeah, felt I like I
0: needed just, to get it out and it just didn't work out. So I yeah. can
1: mm-hmm. just focus and there's this, I can focus on this feeling in my throat and it just That's whoosh, so weird. Burred. Yeah. <laughs>
0: New skills. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Hey, these are important things. You never know when you might get poisoned and your hands are tied behind your back and you got to get that out. You never know.
0: You never know. Let's hope it never comes to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> got to be prepared.
0: Um, I will say that, you know, while I don't really track food that much because I pretty much just eat the same all the time, mm-hmm. you know, variations of protein sources and things like that. Um, I did track a few days here or there at the beginning just to make sure that I was eating enough uh, because, again, my appetite didn't increase, which I was surprised about, um, and just wanted to check in, like, make sure I was getting in enough food Mm -hmm. because my hunger really hasn't – not only did my appetite not go up, but now I'm in my second trimester. I'm actually – like, food just isn't appealing I'm eating because I should eat, mm-hmm. but it's almost the opposite of the cravings where I'm like, eh, nothing really sounds good. But I'm eating a variety of things because that's what I should eat, and mm-hmm. it's definitely more of food is fuel at this point, and I need it. So I'm eating accordingly, but beyond that, I haven't had any appetite surges at all. Oh, that I'm it- kind of waiting for it. <laughs> like I'm a little yeah. disappointed I haven't had some like more interesting mm-hmm. cravings. It doesn't surprise uh, but, me, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, the more I've learned about—it's well, hard being on those shows because the book's not out yet, and yeah. uh, I have a lot of, a lot of the questions of hunger regulation I've we'll been able into. to answer that mm-hmm. are completely backwards of what everybody else proposes, mm-hmm. and this fits with what you're experiencing. Yeah, your body can self-regulate that really well. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: Well, I think I've I've learned enough over the years to distinguish between what like actual hunger is Mm -hmm. what my needs are versus me just wanting to eat food yeah because that's very different Um, and I was surprised too when carbs were involved if that I was wasn't sure if that was going to change like in in having finally having some so I kept actually pretty normal carb night ish early on I would say in the first actually throughout the first trimester yeah there were a few times where Carb night turned into like two carb nights in a row Mm -hmm. Um, and that's mostly just like social things came up, but I just went with it. But I did not feel inclined to have any in between at all. I mean I was – it didn't affect my energy at all, which I'll get to in a second Uh, and that will kind of tie into training adjustments that I had to make. But overall, that intake was pretty normal. Um, I will say that I got really full really fast when I ate the carbs like, really yeah. full. And now I'm like, I really have to, to space out that time because I just, the digestion at that point is noticeable. I'm like, I'm full. I'm really full. Mm. I got to wait yeah. <laughs> to eat again. because, And then I, I noticed the, uh, almost noticed the insulin response more. Mm. Body temperature was
1: yeah. up. Higher. Yep. I was like, whoa. it's huh. <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is... A, a little bit off subject but you know, your hormones are going through massive changes mm-hmm. and I, that's something I've also seen that seems some somewhat random um, but how's your complexion been through all of this
0: it's actually been really good
1: yeah because you, you've had a lot you of know you went stuff. through a period yeah where you had some complexion issues yep. and I know you worked with Emmy e- 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 Diane Emmy Diane yeah Emmy mm-hmm. e- Diane which really cleared stuff up and then I haven't noticed
0: no, it's been anything like that you've been coming over yeah mm-hmm. thank goodness um so yeah that was one thing that I read is you know yeah. pimple's acne I hear that things, a lot too right? weird skin rashes and being that I'm really prone to eczema mm. I was like oh it, if it's gonna come it's probably gonna come now not once uh but uh, for me also eczema is very much tied to stress so mm-hmm. I've been almost more calm and collected I feel like now than i was before if that is possible um just kind of being open to whatever comes mm-hmm. up and not overthinking things i think helps but yeah again kind of anticipating all of these things to happen that right. didn't um but just because you brought that up i did f- recently start to use some anti stretch mark stuff oh yeah. that did not agree with my tummy oh yep red bumps not Ooh. cute I was like, I don't know if I'd rather have the stretch marks or the red bumps. So yeah. I actually just emailed um, Emmy Diane uh, to see if she had any recommendations. But
1: well, I'm curious about the stretch marks actually, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I I think it was on this show I mentioned protein dynamics and yes. that that being a future avenue of research that should be out there, and, and part of that really relates to skin health. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're on a carbohydrate based diet, and women usually eat. Yeah, pick up the amount of carbs they eat. That actually slows down how fast your protein can recycle in the skin. So your protein's always breaking down, mm-hmm. and it's always building back up. And you know those two rates are at a certain level. If you're eating carbs, that r- the breakdown rate really slows down, which means that the skin gets older and less flexible and can't uh, yeah. replenish and repair itself so that's actually why women get cottage cheese it has nothing to do with the hormones and all these it's the carbohydrates don't allow the skin to repair and so you get this aberration in skin texture Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if stretch marks would be kind of the same thing because once i switched diets Mm -hmm. i never got stretch marks no matter how lean i got or as i was getting bigger right I didn't have that problem. But when I was younger and on a carb-based diet, I got bad stretch marks. Oh, that never happens anymore. Huh. So I'm, I'm curious to see what that was. Because would... I
0: actually got stretch marks when I was younger too mm-hmm. on my outsides of mm-hmm. my butt, on my butt
1: yeah. when
0: I hit puberty <laughs> and uh, was training a little bit harder in sports and stuff. Right. And, so, but I've never had any since. I mean even when I got my boobs done, thought maybe it would happen a little bit there, but
1: yeah, so it didn't. If your skin can stay healthy and regulate mm-hmm. at the rate that it needs to, you might not see any stretch marks at all. I mean because stretch marks, again, are a, a legacy of that altered protein recycling, mm-hmm. the protein dynamics.
0: Yeah. And the protein is definitely yeah. in the upper limits of what it would need to be. Right. So. Well,
1: yeah, on top of that, I like I said, it's it's regulated by insulin. So mm-hmm. if, if you're eating carbs too often, it just can't recycle and repair mm-hmm. and you end up with old skin that's why you get crow's feet right like all of those Which things i actually
0: feel like mine might be getting better is that weird i also haven't seen any gray hairs. no it
1: should you know if you're if you if you start it's a repair process right mm-hmm. so you've got all this old skin that's like damaged and whatever if all of a sudden you take off the limiters that skin can start to decorate mm-hmm. and repair mm-hmm. and get new skin so you should be able to get rid of wrinkles without, you know, any of the crazy. Right. <laughs> I think Dr. Doctor Perricone has an entire multi-million dollar business built on creams that are anti-aging. Oh, that, there's so many. It's ridiculous. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all you have to do is change your diet. You just have to take out the thing that's making your skin age. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's... It's amazing how much everything is tied to diet. Yeah. Makes it, sense. If you don't well, I
0: mean, again, we always talk about, you know, what's your body, the outside, your visual, your outside appearance is directly mm-hmm. related to what's going on on your inside. Yeah. So.
1: so I'd be curious. I bet you don't get stretch marks or hardly any, any stretch marks whatsoever. That'd be great. I would, I would <laughs> bet that again, that's just old skin that right. can't repair fast enough yeah. mm-hmm. and can accommodate the stretching.
0: Yeah. When I don't plan on getting like, you know, really, I'll get my tummy will be as big as there needs to be room for it to get big. (laughs) Um, I think as of now, I don't. I actually only weigh myself when I go to the doctor because I don't own a scale, Um, and the one at the gym is very unreliable. It's because it's one of the old doctor ones that you have the sliding Um, thing, and it's like never calibrated right ever. Even when you no one's on it, it's off. (laughs) Um, And as of now, I've only put on five pounds. I'm 18 weeks into it, which I I guess is normal. I think at this point I should be gaining like up. Well, that's. Yeah. Yeah. A pound a week, roughly.
1: Well, it's clearly not on you. So I would assume a lot of that mass is, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, they say it's, you know, like now, well, obviously the size of the baby, the placenta, the extra blood flow. Right. um, that's where most of the weight actually comes yeah. from. So it's nice to actually, you know, in reading way too much stuff, it's interesting to see what the breakdown of when you do gain weight, this is what it is. It's like you're not gaining weight, mm-hmm. it's your insides are producing more to be able to feed the child. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense then. And anything extra than that is unnecessary. So at least, yeah. <laughs>
1: So you wanted to get into exercise. Yes, I think that was the next topic you wanted to hit. Yes,
0: so that's the only thing that really needed adjustment, and that's because the one symptom that I did experience was fatigue. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty intense. I'm I'm already one to love my sleep, uh, so <laughs> like really love my sleep. It's right right up there with food. Um,
1: we named an entire flock of pigeons after you. Alex pigeons
0: (laughs) Because they're always sleeping in the park (laughs) Yeah I really like sleeping and I'll take a nap if I can So that is one thing Pretty much the the most significant thing that I noticed Was I I just needed more sleep in the first trimester
1: More than you already I
0: know That's crazy I mean that's like Nine and a half, ten hours was ideal at night And every day I needed a nap so it got to the point within the first, like, month, then I started scheduling the naps in. It's like a
1: hibernating mammal.
0: I know. <laughs> and I would sleep, like, hard. But, like, asleep when I close my eyes, wake up. I slept really good except for when I had to pee. Well, right. <laughs> Which did happen a lot. But um, that was the only thing that I noticed. So that did correlate to the energy in the in the gym. So I did notice that I was getting winded faster. Uh, My endurance was pretty much non-existent. I could lift, like all of my big lifts Mm -hmm. were really strong. So my strength was still there, but I couldn't do very high repetitions. I would poop out pretty quick.
1: Hmm.
0: More on the winded side. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And that's because at that point, too, most of the, the new blood was being
1: produced and...
0: I mean, most of the baby was being created at that point, so a lot of the energy was going
1: there. Right. So, and it was at night. You needed more sleep. You found yes, a harder sleep. Yep. Well, part of part of sleep is obviously memory consolidation and memory pruning, but also it's highly tied to glycogen levels mm-hmm. in. Uh, I think there are astrocyte cells in the brain, which dictate how tired you get in the evening. Oh, because. That's actually your sleep and wake-up regulation. As you sleep, it tries to build up glycogen reserves in the brain. And as you're awake, those just drain off. And when you go to sleep at night, they they recover. Oh, interesting. So that would have been a big metabolic stressor because you don't eat carbs. Right. So your body would have to put more effort into trying to replenish that in the evenings.
0: That would make sense. Yeah. I tried paying attention to, you know, when I did have more carbs, if that made a difference. Mm-hmm. And it might have, like, ever so slightly, but it wasn't anything significant that I noticed
1: yeah, I think, at all. I think that's why people sleep so well in car backloading. Yeah. is it's, I mean, instant right. fill up. <laughs> yeah, <pretty> and <laughs> that, <makes much>. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense.
0: There was something else I wanted to say around this, the needing more rest. Um, I guess that was it. I can't think of anything else. Yeah. I thought take, I had another point,
1: but... Are you napping? during yes.
0: the day again? Uh, very rarely now. Oh. So it, it did change quite quite dramatically going into the second, tri- like within the next week. All of a sudden I got through the whole day and I was like, oh, I didn't take a nap or oh, feel like I needed one. That's great. Uh, so there have been a few times where I've needed one, but honestly it's because I didn't. I am like getting up every two hours to pee. So if my sleep yeah. at night isn't as good, then I might need a nap um but also my training is pretty much back to what it was so i might need an extra nap just because i hit it hard <laughs> yeah in the gym and
1: other then other you that. you were before we got on the show you were talking about how you're how you've been doing some core stuff and changing it a little bit as well which i think is really important because mm-hmm. women in general have weaker perispinatus muscles all along their spine which is why girls have a higher rate of scoliosis and things like that. that So Yeah, so it's really important to keep all of that strong. Mm -hmm. And and you said you were you were working with the core specialist and you changed your your workouts a little bit.
0: Well that was was really neat because I mean I have a lot obviously of experience training my body and, and being in tune with it and activating multiple things at the same time, especially for gymnastics stuff. So I did get a lot of insight from working with her. On just feeling what those deep core muscles should feel like, your transverse, um, sort of really engaging your obliques, almost like this wrapping sensation. Mm-hmm. You know, not just like pulling in the belly button or yeah, sucking yeah. it right. in, but you know, we kind of talk about that with, or I do for girls getting ready to be on stage, like how to draw in your rib cage to engage all of the the muscles around it, kind of give you that. I like to think of like a cinching. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what do you, what do they call those? Like the, a girdle. The girdle, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Well, it's it's part of that diaphragmatic breathing because you right. should be able to pull your rib cage in and tighten. Mm-hmm. That's the transverse abdominis, and still breathe, but it feels right. different because you breathe. It feels like you breathe at your stomach because right. now the diaphragm is dipping down
0: mm-hmm.
1: into that cavity and back up. Yeah, which you know they have the whole diaphragmatic breathe. It's like yeah, you're just activating your transverse abdominis.
0: Right, which is a very if, you're, if you've never tapped into that, that sensation is very different. It, you have to. I. It's very different.
1: It'd be interesting. You should should do a show or video or something on okay. how to do that because a lot mm-hmm. of people. I have. I've always had excellent, excellent motor and fine muscle control. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen me. I can flex yeah. one little fiber of my tricep. That's yeah, really weird. Yeah, and I, I've always had that. So when somebody <laughs> told me how to. How to engage the transverse abdominis? I could just do it. Yep. Like I could feel the muscle and I could just make it happen. But if you can't, if if you don't have that kind of control, I'd mm-hmm. be curious. Yeah. To well, that's why I want to present have her the methodology. Bed. Yeah, yep. of how to do that.
0: Yep. Well, because especially now as things are progressing and and you know the baby's. Not only getting bigger, but the uterus is going to start to move up, <laughs> which is weird to think about. <laughs> so many things going on yeah. in there. Yeah, it's-, it's bizarre. But that sensation is some days it's hard to, to get to. Some days I have to really sit there and focus. So, you know, she's given me a lot of uh, sort of she calls it pumping like mm-hmm. breath pumping. so you're really in-, in synchronizing your breath, which you know is great for your everyday, but it's also in prep for labor to be able to use those breathing techniques, you know, while you're engaging your core mm-hmm. um, and uh oh gosh, there was a point that I was gonna make it and then it totally my the brain farts are real people. <laughs> the brain fogginess, it's weird.
1: good, good to know.
0: It's really it's better now. But I still have moments. Um, But being able to, so before I'll I'll exercise or do a training session, I'll go through some of that, the breathing pumping, Mm. essentially. Make sure I've got the connection there because every day is a little bit different. And then I can carry that into my training. So that is the qualifier of can I do said exercise. If I can't keep that connection, then I shouldn't be doing the exercise. Yeah, which is weird because in different positions it's hard Mm -hmm. you know sitting is one thing but doing like a plank is totally different Um, doing a handstand is totally different so it's been interesting kind of testing things out and every day is different so I might have a game plan but it's it's very very it varies a lot on on a day to day depending Mm -hmm. on how I feel that day so it's been it's been kind of cool actually I like it I just I have to be flexible I can't go in with like this is what I'm going to do Say well, this is what I'd like to do. We'll see what see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I find that on squats is the one where I know if I can't hold my transverse abdominis anymore, I just quit. Yeah, because I won't wear a weight belt anymore. Because after I learned how that disfigures your body and disfigures your core activation. Mm -hmm. So if I can't hold the transverse, it'd be just a good show in general for you to do that on the transverse abdominis and all the. Agreed.
0: Well, it's and I liked how. She really referred it to not only to your training, if that's something that you wanted to do, Mm -hmm. but how that relates to everyday life. You know, you're you're going to get bigger. (laughs) You still need to do normal things around the house, you know, safely, like pick things up, um, get up off the couch with which I have a friend. I mean, it sounds so simple, but no, I I have a friend who has a very low couch to the ground. And it's kind of deep and she doesn't have a lot. She's not that physically fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she doesn't exercise in a part of her normal, you know, routine. She doesn't know how to engage her core, so she literally got stuck in the couch because she couldn't sit up. She was pretty far along. She's like seven months. Oh, okay. So her stomach was pretty big, but she couldn't. She needed help getting up. I'm like, well, I don't want to be stuck somewhere. <laughs> like, what if no one's oh, around?
1: <laughs> right. Be like one of those little weeble wobble people. just Right. Trying to or just trying to like, or, to like
0: roll over yeah. and then like get up and – You know, like I like that the the woman that I saw, she was referring to, well, you know, while they don't want you necessarily to do Mm sit-ups, you know, as a core exercise, you know, you can incorporate some sit-up techniques like, oh, I'm sitting up out of bed. You know, Mm -hmm. normal activities to where if you didn't have that strength or that engagement, you could hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. This is why a lot of women get back pain when they're pregnant because they don't have that core strength to be supportive enough. Also, you know, you're tailbones doing weird things and yeah but that's why i saw monty
1: well you have a lot of <laughs> a lot of shifting going on and the the psoas muscle connects to kind of the curve in the lower part of your spine mm-hmm. and then the front of the pelvis so that yep if that were too weak you'd have a lot of spine deformation which would probably not be very comfortable which would start to shift your mm-hmm. tailbone also known as the coccyx the coccyx i like that word yeah <laughs> you know, we have as many separations in that as, like, a monkey does in its tail.
0: That's what You have said that yeah, before. Yeah, it's just all
1: smashed up and fused together. That's crazy. Yeah, that's why it hurts so bad when it if you break it, too, because there's still a lot of nerves in there. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. I actually carry, my client Carrie, who I've had on the show previously, she broke her tailbone Whoa. snowboarding. Ooh, it's Whoa. not. Yeah. I've bruised it from, like, falling on my butt, like, ice skating yeah. or something. And, it, man, that thing. <sighs> It hurts. It's a sensitive.
1: (laughs) You learn. If you do anything where you fall a lot, you learn very quickly to twist Mm -hmm. on the way down. When I was learning to ice skate, I learned the minute I lost balance, you twist and you fall on your hip.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. I mean. cushion there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was bruised up like crazy, but I never I was able to protect my because I fell on my ass once and hit the tailbone. Man. Well,
0: and not just that. I mean, it goes all the way up. Yeah. Who knows what it could affect?
1: So, So you learn to twist.
0: Yes. (laughs) Twist.
1: Take it on the hip. It'll be fine. Yes. (laughs) And if you have titanium hips, even better. There you go. (laughs) That'd be awesome. I would get titanium (laughs) hips just because.
0: Didn't have to deal with like going through the airport and like.
1: The beeping. It's, and it'd still everything. be awesome. Well, I go through the airport wearing the superhuman clothing, and everybody stops me, and they're like, "Oh, superhuman, really? Like, it's the name of a company, jackass. <laughs> you don't need to be an asshole."
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny.
1: I <laughs> had <laughs> that happen. All like, I had three flights recently, and like every flight, somebody made a comment.
0: Should just start flexing.
1: Yeah. What well, was my the big, baggy hoodies that we have? Oh yeah. Now or well. That we're testing. out. He now. has. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Let's we're, clarify that. Yeah, we're we're testing. <laughs> different <has> one. <laughs> Yeah, we're testing different clothing. And...
0: It's cool. It's cool though. I can't wait to. Yeah, get, you don't I have one.
1: I think I think we might be able to get yeah. you one. Okay, cool. I think we have some little enough. Perfect. Yeah, we've got some Munchkin sized clothing.
0: <laughs> I know. I really don't want to have to buy new clothes. That'd I mean, I've talked about sense. that before on the show, with not wanting to, like, you know. It seems like compromise might. My... I just need I to mean, be stretching stretch, in the stomach. Stretch, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. As of now, I haven't changed anything. So I just I have some high-waisted jeans that are a little bit uncomfortable because <laughs> there's no it's, give there. Yeah, <laughs> at that all. makes sense. I made the mistake of wearing that when I had carbs and it was Ooh, yeah, really a bad. I, I unbuttoned them. I was sitting at the table with the one button. I did. <laughs> I've
1: never done yeah, that before. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do.
0: <laughs> I was like, wow, I never thought I'd be the one to do this, <laughs> I know. but Still better, I did.
1: Better than wearing sweats. It's I mean. very true. Well,
0: because they fit everywhere else fine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But that's been interesting to watch sort of the in doing like the breathing techniques and especially the pumping. Mm-hmm. is like when I do relax it, I'm like, whoa, it's there. Like it's kind of big now. Yeah. I mean, you know compared to what I had before but then when I draw it in I mean I have some pictures that I took where it lo- literally looks like there's nothing there I'm like where'd it go it's Did, very interesting
1: have you noticed anything in your hip structure because you've always had you have broad shoulders in your hips which mm-hmm. makes your hips look a little narrow I yeah. mean they seem a little narrower than than you would expect for how wide your shoulders are have you noticed yeah. any shape change not yet. There at all? not yet not hmm. yet
0: but I'm in, I'm wondering if that will come but then I also look at my mom, who she has the same hip shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, three kids later, and they're just as narrow as they were before. So yeah, I was just wondering how. Hard. We'll see.
1: Because I've I don't never know. noticed that. I know it's supposed to happen, but I right, I've never seen it very significant. Where I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Your hips. Well, I also totally wonder changed. too
0: if, like, what to what degree that might change if it would if somebody was incorporating strength training like does that how how big of a difference does that make
1: could be with the bone yeah associated with bone quality Mm -hmm. yeah because the bone strength and density is directly related to the strength of the muscle attached Mm -hmm. so if you're weak your bones are not going to be dense they're going to be more right stretchable i think it's right yeah i'd have to think about that because also the you know, there there are somewhat kind of like elastic-like proteins in the bones, too. Oh, interesting. So I don't know how all that's affected. but I know. We'll
0: just see.
1: Yeah. I would, see how things go. I would assume, <laughs> assume if they're dense and they're strong that they're not going to have much change.
0: Yeah. Well, just on that topic, like, you know, obviously I did. There's a lot of flexibility stuff in the gymnastics I do. And, you know, I've been warned, like, well, don't overstretch things because of, I always forget what the right. name of it's called, prolactin. That's the hormone that's helps stretch your ligaments and your... Oh, in yeah, your when you're pregnant. pregnant yeah. Tendons. Also
1: makes you uh, lactate. Oh. Prolactin.
0: Oh, uh-huh. look at that.
1: So smart. That's why some men actually can lactate.
0: So weird to
1: yeah, think Yeah, if they about. have really high prolactin levels. Interesting. I've seen that. How
0: would in- one get high prolactin levels? Is that a hormonal thing?
1: It can happen naturally. Men Uh can get some serious prolactin imbalances. Uh, It usually signifies some sort of um, tumor somewhere, Mm. pituitary in particular. Or they could be doing some...
0: Additional supplementation? Not
1: quite legal supplementation. (laughs) Yeah, they can really throw that off. I had a friend actually, most disgusting thing ever, he He decided to go that route and called me into the locker room. He goes, You can't ever tell anybody about this. I'm like, What are you talking about? He goes, Just promise me you won't ever tell anybody about this. I'm like, What are you talking about? Oh, how did he squirt? And he, stuff out? he squeezed his nipple and <laughs> milk came out. This weird real I'm like, Well, you knew that could happen, so I guess you shouldn't be too terribly surprised. Right, but that was the most true. disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. It was it was kind of like for a don't ever do that in front of me again. <laughs> B, if you're ever going to show that to anybody else, tell them what you're going to show them before they promise not to tell somebody. Right. Because they're probably going to say, I don't want to see. And that's just easier because I won't have to tell anybody because I didn't see it. Right.
0: But then you would know it, and Then that's all that really matters. He just yeah. wants to tell uh, somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was just freaked out. And of course, of course. I'm always the question person.
0: It's, well, can can you blame everybody
1: no. Stop knowing all the things, and no, then you like, won't have that problem. <laughs> well, yeah, at that point, he had to have little breast buds oh, under there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I've seen those yeah, too. Yeah, but yeah, prolactin can also help stretch. Yes, which which is not good. That's the problem I have with a lot of the stretching programs and stuff. And something you need to be worried about: period, period. pregnancy, or whatever. Yeah. If tendons and ligaments stretch, they don't ever retract. They stay at that lengthened mm-hmm. position. That's why. um you know if you ever watch what is it kelly kelly Sturette's, um yeah. mobility wads most of the stretches he does is actually causing joint sub subluxation which mm-hmm. is joint instability so y- you will be more flexible but you're more prone to injury right and so that's something that you would have to be very cautious of during pregnancy because you could that could happen right naturally and then when it's over you're going to yeah. have to feel out your your in- any instability issues that you might mm-hmm. might experience. Yeah.
0: So I'm just, I'm going, I mean, luckily, again, I had enough experience with stretching to know, like, when I was overdoing it and mm. what that sensation is like. So I'm more just hearing on the, the cautious side and doing with what feels good and nothing beyond that. I'm definitely not sitting in any stretches for a long period of time, yeah. anything like that, going with what feels good. Um, but also in in reference to, like, range of motion and exercises, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much it so especially like in a deep squat position again I'm sort of like thinking okay labor prep <laughs> right. let's like what what movements make sense for what my body is eventually going to have to handle I want to make sure that we're
1: and you were talking that. about that with the we talked about deadlifts a little bit before and mm-hmm. said you've Switched up to only
0: sumo style, which I was honestly more comfortable doing anyways. Mm-hmm. Before, um, I'm just way stronger in that yeah. position. You could pull some weight. I could pull, yeah. I definitely pulled a lot. So, um, and, and half a part of that is a I can engage my deep, you know, my transverse more mm-hmm. comfortably in that position, as well as my pelvic floor, which is important to maintain strength in, um, and and also in, in the hips and glutes. So it's just a very comfortable position. Like, I can, you know, sit like <laughs> squat down on the ground mm-hmm. and like sometimes, because I have the stand- up desk. So if I need a break, I'm literally just squatting on the ground and, you know, texting some people or answering yeah. some messages. So it's just a comfortable position for me, and I'd like to be able to maintain that if if at all possible, for as long as I can, yeah,
1: so. I, I think it's a good exercise mm-hmm. it's
0: it just feels good overall. Like it's not for me strenuous and I'm obviously not doing like one rep maxes by any means mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm usually doing like an eight anywhere from six to ten reps with what feels good on any given day and uh, yeah it's been pretty smooth
1: crazy mm-hmm. we're kind of winding down on time yeah but I know we talked about this a couple couple weeks ago maybe three weeks ago you had to go in for some they wanted you to do, I mean, almost not well, like mandatory s- blood testing, but...
0: Oh, yes. Well, I did the...
1: The glucose challenge. So I that think.
0: one's not yet. Okay. So that's why I, I asked you about that, because I, I, it's going to be coming up. I don't think it's still for another, like, month or so. But it's sort of on the list, because I have... They give you the list of things mm-hmm. that you'll have to do test-wise. Um, and most, you know, they have the list of mandatory ones, and then they have the list of voluntary, like the genetic testing, which I opted to do. Right and uh, which just by the way I thought was very strange so you do a bunch of blood work right mm-hmm. and then they do a, an ultrasound to measure all the limbs and size of the skull right. and all of that but I do all this blood testing and they take an an intense amount of blood oh that seems like a lot for like you know mm-hmm. a round of genetics and then I get back all of the results and they're like oh it's great you don't have chlamydia and I'm like
1: so you could have
0: Why didn't you test that before?
1: Yeah, that would have been uh
0: so weird, but there was a whole list of like STDs that they tested for. And I just thought it was like a bizarre time to do that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it kind of if you have something you didn't know about it can affect the fetus. The back especially the bacterial ones. Right.
0: But I had like a normal pap before I got pregnant. You would think that they would have done it then or like well, I don't know. It was just know. very strange. So anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm done with the genetic testing, but the next thing on the list is the glucose test right? to so test for
1: gestational diabetes, yes, basically.
0: Which is very common, apparently.
1: Well, yeah, because people are already most most yeah. women are already in a disease state when they're pregnant. No. So the so they have a high risk of gestational diabetes. Yeah. But, you know, you don't. And this was a conversation that her and I had where. It says it's mandatory, correct? Yes. I mean, you have the right to, to refuse no. treatment. Yeah. I, mean, I just
0: you... really don't want to take it. I've heard really not great things about the test, people making them sick, a lot of false positives, well, which then forces you to take those
1: other tests. Well, on top of it, it's not applicable. Right. Right. So you want to be careful with gestational diabetes, because if you're having a lot of carbohydrates, it's going to, it could cause a lot of. Problems. I mean, you could go, you could have um, keto. What's a ketoacidosis mm-hmm. event? Um, it can make you really sick and lethargic, and can cause complications with the pregnancy. But if you're not eating carbohydrates, a, you're likely going to get a false positive. Right. B, it's going to make you feel shitty to do the test in mm-hmm. the first place, and then C, it holds absolutely no information for you whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Like it's completely useless. I. I'm still on the side of encouraging you to tell them no. Right. That which you is, are going to refuse that one. I yeah. Mean,
0: which I've refused a few things thus far, like like the flu shot, which they, mm-hmm. you know, at that point they brought in like four different people to try to convince me to get the flu shot. And I was like, it's not going to happen. Let it go.
1: Yeah. It uh, useless.
0: Right. So I think, you know, I've I've sort of set the tone for what I know I need mm-hmm. thus far with this doctor. So... I have a feeling she'd be a little bit more receptive to having that conversation. So I don't need to have it yet. So we'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would.
0: <laughs> but I really don't want to. Again, I just don't. For everything I've read, it doesn't seem relevant It's or necessary. Not to you. So. And
1: yeah. that's. Yeah. It's unnecessary treatment mm-hmm. is yeah. all that it is. Your insurance carrier should be tickled pink because it's. Right. You know, one less thing they have to pay for. Right. Uh, I don't know if they, Sugary red drink. Yeah, I don't know if they see it that way or not. And Probably not. with the flu vaccine, I don't know what your take is, but, you know, the whole vaccination thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's vaccination. There's some vaccinations that are very important. Yes. <laughs> and, but but the flu vaccine is one historically that really has no, no data whatsoever to show that it is beneficial yeah. is the thing you know and the whole argument for it is you know what was it like in the 1930s there was a flu plague that killed you know like the same amount people of people die something.
0: every year still from the flu whether right. they had the shot or not
1: right and, well that's so we have really great statistics to show how ineffective it is and um, so every year they you know the CDC collects how many people died from complications of the flu every year it's 40,000 people now you would think you could think oh my gosh it would be so much worse if we didn't have this vaccination well we actually have test data from a couple years where they have to guess what flus will be prevalent right you know way ahead of time to make make the vaccines and then a couple years they missed totally oh. the flus that were rampant the three that they planned for were not the flus that ran through the population even knowing that, even knowing that that vaccine was useless, mm-hmm. they still sold it to people and forced people to get it. Okay. Well, that they would have lost a lot of money. Yeah. That year, 40,000 people died. Mm-hmm. Even though that flu vaccine was completely the wrong vaccine, the same number of people died. Yeah. You know, the same thing with the, the swine flu right. that everybody, yeah. used, the H1N1 yeah. virus. Uh-huh. Again, <laughs> there was a national emergency. Tons of people were going to die. We didn't even have a vaccine for it that season. 40,000 people died every year. 40,000 people die Mm -hmm. from the flu. It doesn't matter if they get the vaccine or not. It's completely a useless vaccine. It doesn't stop the transmission of the flu. The Mm -hmm. flu spreads through the population just as much as it does every year. And the CDC knows this. I mean, they collect this data every year. Um, So so that's different. Right. From vaccinations that we know have done things like wiped out polio.
0: Right. That makes sense.
1: Or pertussin. Yeah. Or, know you know, there's it. there's a lot of diseases that used to kill infants or maim them in some way mm-hmm. that have been wiped out. And if you think there's some link to autism, there's not. The, one, the only thing we really know about the cause of autism is it starts in the womb. Mm-hmm. So it is not.
0: Which is why I had the genetic testing done.
1: Yeah. There's. <laughs> There's literally two dozen studies now trying to find a correlation between vaccinations and autism, and it does not exist. Hmm. There was only one study that one person put out and then started selling books. So you can see how maybe, <laughs> you know, those people had some self-interest yeah, a little bit. out there. And everybody – and also everybody else who's promoted this has written a book. Oh. You know, so there's some serious self-interest there. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, you know, you just – herd immunity is important Mm -hmm. you know they're um you should do a whole show on i and give you some articles about what happened in france uh the herd immunity dropped to just like 85 percent and they had an explosion of um like mumps throughout the entire population just like an explosion yeah and and still at that 85 percent were still vaccinated Mm -hmm. that was Uh not enough huh that was not enough. So herd immunity is really important, not just for your child, but for your community. It's, I mean, right. it's kind of a which social is why responsibility. It's, it's,
0: you know, um, essential for certain daycares and schools. That that's yeah, you can't go there unless your child's vaccinated.
1: Yeah, but the flu. I highly recommend never getting the flu vaccine ever in your life. It's a huge moneymaker for companies.
0: Well, the last two times I got it, which was years ago, I mean, almost a decade now, mm-hmm. I had. terrible reaction from the injection because they mix other things in it Mm -hmm. that I react to based on another I had typhoid fever shot once when I was traveling and same reaction Mm -hmm. which was terrible and then the time before that I got the flu so I was like I'm okay yeah I'll just I'll take my chances
1: (laughs) to tell you the amount of money that it's worth uh, when we had the big real estate crash in 2008 I think the only company that made money that year that was in the black Mm -hmm. was, I can't remember if it was CVS or Walgreens, and it was completely attributed to their sales of the flu vaccine. Wow. That's how much money that's worth. Crazy. And you just don't get it, period. Like if people keep getting it, they just keep propagating Mm -hmm. that industry that whether you think you pay for it or not, if you get a free flu shot, you pay for it because the government subsidizes that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you pay for it no matter what. Yeah. So just don't get it. And then you'll stop having to pay for it. That's the thing. If you don't get it, you won't have to pay for it anymore. That's true. It's just, it's, I don't know.
0: Slight tangent. Yeah. But that's okay.
1: Well, I you know, I think the vaccini- vaccination thing is an important topic. It is, definitely. It um. is.
0: And, and all of those things you know I'm, I'm trying not to get too far my, far ahead of myself in my in my reading and research I'm like well I'm not the child's not here yet so let's wait <laughs> <Right, laughs> trying to only right. do the things that are relevant which is hard still but mm-hmm. um you know just I think a good place to wrap up is would be because we're definitely going over time now but uh you know in in being a part of all of these forums and and Sort of these these mommy to be groups who I'm grouped with people that are along the same timeline as me, which is is nice, but it's also crazy to see what some of them are going through. You know the questions that they post, the problems that they're having, um, and how it's so tied to what how they're eating. Mm-hmm. And then what when then some of them say what they're eating, it just blows my mind. Like how do a I wouldn't feed myself that let alone the person that's growing inside of me and uh, but also what's recommended on some of these apps it's like oh you want to fight morning sickness try this for breakfast and I'm like none there's never protein in anything ever ever or if it is it's from like almonds I'm like that's not that's not (laughs) I don't understand (laughs) <laughs> it just – it blows my mind. And it's it's like a car wreck. Like I I, I don't want to look because it upsets me, but mm. I can't help but look because – and not say anything either. You yeah. know, comment on, on some of these threads in the forums on, around what people are asking and the problems that they're having. Like, well, maybe you shouldn't eat that. Yeah. It's, but like,
1: you know. It's tough. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, you should get – I was just thinking you should get Jessica Reed on here.
0: Oh, that's a great idea.
1: Because after, I mean, she had almost a flawless pregnancy, and then did a show. She did do a show like six months after giving birth. And She was still so, breastfeeding. Yeah, it was re- yep. amazing, yep. and she used night and carb backloading yep. through the process. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then I think just night to recover afterwards.
0: Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, pick her brain a little bit too. And that, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that they could give you some some hints on what to do afterwards. Uh
0: huh. Which I've helped uh, quite a few women with afterwards using mm. the protocols. Um, so I have a good idea of how I would approach it for myself just based on that. But, you know, it's always nice to see, yeah, hear what other people have. Had a
1: ton of, because she tracked everything and mm-hmm. kept really strict to stuff.
0: Yeah. Yep. Good call. Good call. Well, more to come. Uh, probably do another one. I, that might be good timing to invite her on going into uh, talk more about second and third mm-hmm. trimester and kind of prep myself for what's to come afterwards.
1: So cuz I think her second trimester is when she changed things like things got a little she went like carb night first trimester and then carb backloading second trimester mm-hmm. and then I think back to carb night the third trimester. Yeah,
0: because you don't need yeah as much at that point and
1: you, you get full really fast. That was kind of my thought. Yeah. Around that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she just nailed it. It was amazing the shape she was in. Six months, great. It was
0: ridiculous, (laughs) actually. Like, not fair. Wow. I have
1: to ask if she got stretch marks because she was on the because she'd been on the protocol way before that. That's a
0: good question. I don't recall ever seeing any because I worked with her for a little bit and I don't recall ever seeing any. And if they were, it was like might like so small. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be. I'll give her a shout out. Good call. Well, I hope that was um, informative. If anything. And if you guys have any questions, please when uh, we post this on on the Facebook page or even on the website, and you want to leave some comments with more questions of things I could talk about going into the the later stages, let me know. Be happy to answer if they're relevant to me, obviously, because that's all I can share. <laughs> so uh, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Her Body, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Her Body on Body FM with your host, Alex Navarro. And if you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.